Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. Today, I've got Adam Hefty once again with us. To we're we're going to go ahead and recap and get into the beatdown that was Wisconsin's trip to Ohio, to Ohio State. Not a pretty night for the Badgers in Columbus as they fell fifty-two to twenty-one was the final score, I believe. I didn't make it toward <laughs> that long into the game. I think I was actually watching on a tape delay. I had friends in town, so we got to, I think, 28 to nothing before my eyeballs kind of drifted away to other things and just left the Badger game on in the background. But overall, not pretty. So we'll talk about the game itself for a little bit. I think there's not really much to take from it. It was a game probably that Wisconsin just wants to burn up and forget about. Um, and then we'll talk about maybe some other more things and kind of have an honest conversation about maybe where Wisconsin football is and what maybe needs to change here in the near future. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, we'll give our uh, opinions on things and then uh, we'll get this uh, therapy session ended because I think everybody kind of needs to get this, some stuff off their chest in this one. So, Adam, thanks for joining me to talk about this game. Uh, how are you feeling after uh, Saturday night? It was a rough one. I, I kind of had that, uh, res- I felt like I had the responsibility to finish it and I probably shouldn't have, but I did <laughs> nonetheless. And yeah, there, there are some thoughts. Yes. Yes. That's certainly the case. Well, really this game to, to kind of talk about the actual game itself to start with, um, Ohio state comes out and, and, and before we get into anything, I, I, I do want to say and give Ohio state credit. They're a very good football team. They're probably you know one of the three four michigan ohio state georgia alabama and they came out and and they said hey we're on national television we're out for blood and they look the best i've seen them look all season this year i mean they, they did just put up 77 points against toledo but they said hey we're in prime time against what's supposed to be one of our a toughest opponents on the schedule we're we're out for blood and they certainly were so you have to credit them as a good football team but I think it goes to show you where Wisconsin is in terms of this game. Just a complete beat down from the jump. Ohio State comes out 7 nothing with a drive that looked picturesque. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start there. And then the Mertz interception on the ensuing drive for Wisconsin. To me, at, at that point, it kind of felt over. I don't know about everyone else's thinking, but that interception felt like, uh-oh, this is. And then, you know, another quick touchdown for Ohio State, and then it felt like, this one's out of our hands. To fall behind two touchdowns to a team like that, it's just not something you were going to come back. So is that kind of the same feeling that you had when, when the game kind of started? I did. Um, I I didn't have much hope for it to begin with. I I, I really worked hard to not have any hope mm-hmm. coming into this game. I, I was listening to, you know, all the all the Badger podcasts out there, and they're saying, yeah, it's going to be – it's Ohio State's going to win, but it's it's – going to be closer than the line. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Ohio State looks really good. Um there are some holes in this Badger roster. I I don't I don't feel comfortable with, you know, taking the under or taking Bucky, you know, what was it? My plus 19 and a half. Yeah. I yeah. didn't I didn't feel good about taking that. So I'm like, okay. I'll go into this no no hopes whatsoever and that's kind of what happened. Um and 
yeah, when you were talking about Ohio State, I think that's really the dominant point of of that game was how good Ohio State was. Yes, I think Wisconsin could have played better, but I have never seen an offense like that. I don't know about you, but I watch I've been watching college football for 30 plus years. I've never seen an offense like that. No, no. And then that's what I think. And and we'll talk about it certainly in the later stages. I think that that's somehow how Ohio State has kind of widened that gap is this new offense. I mean, the, the gap was closer when Urban Meyer was there, but this new look offense that Ryan Day has implemented is just unlike anything that you, you see in college football and the athletes that they have to run it just makes it so hard to defend. And it just makes it where you almost feel you know, I do think Wisconsin, ha- like you said, has some holes in this roster. There are still some questions on defense. I know, you know that they've whooped up on Illinois State and they've whooped up on New Mexico State. But in those other two games, you know, the Washington State game, the defense looked good, but there were still plenty of holes on display in this Ohio State game. So it's it's a tough feeling. But like you said, I had low expectations going into it myself. I I said I told myself after the 2019 Big Ten Championship game that I wasn't going to let Ohio State hurt me anymore. If if, <laughs> if if Wisconsin was playing them, I was going to expect a loss. And if they changed my mind, great. And 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 last night, it got out of hand so quickly that it, it really didn't even register as as that painful because he always kind of felt like that was a possibility. And, and it got away from him quickly and, and you know, became that train wreck. And we all could... I guess for me, on tape delay, I could just kind of fast forward the commercial and say, all right, let's get this thing over with. I know how this ends, but I'm sure in real time it, it was a little bit more painful. And the thing is with this Wisconsin defense, when when we um, when we spoke after the um, Washington State game and even in the preseason, we, we didn't think it was going to be as good as last year, but it's still a really good defense. And Ohio State just put 52 points on a really good defense there. I don't, I still think Wisconsin is a solid unit back there and Ohio state just made them look silly the entire game. Yeah. I mean, made them look collectively the, you know, from front to back the entire team, you know, looked almost a step behind. I mean, you look at it up front, Keanu Benton and those guys had to you know get a push to be able to, you know, get in the face of CJ Shroud and, and move the line of scrimmage. That didn't happen. I mean, you looked at the ends of Rodas Johnson and, and Isaiah Mullins. Those guys looked like they were just getting re- blown by in terms of, you know, the throws underneath the tight end, Travion Henderson and and the running backs, Mayan Williams, he had a hundred yards himself. I mean, those two, th- those running backs were just blowing past the defensive line before they could even get an arm out to touch them. And then the linebackers, you know, get there and those guys would be one one step and beyond the linebackers. And in the secondary, it felt like it felt like there was a wide receiver for Ohio State that did not have a Wisconsin defender within five yards of them for most of the game. I mean, it was just a clear dominance from that offense, which again, you got to give kudos to Ohio State's offense. It's that good, but it really made what we think is a, a pretty good defense look absolutely silly. Yeah. And it that that seemed to be, and you're you're just watching this, and you're thinking, there's no answer to this. I mean, you have Jim Leonard over there; he's probably one of the brightest man, my, defensive minds in the entire country, and he didn't have an answer all game. And I don't think it was for the lack of trying. No, absolutely. I think he, you know, it's 
It's interesting. I, I, I wish I could have been kind of a fly on the wall for this entire week to see how they sort of felt prep wise in terms of going into it with the defense, because I think it, it felt like they came in and, and they had a game plan that they wanted to go with. And then as soon as that drive got going, it, it felt like this defense said, we don't have a chance. I mean, <laughs> we're going to try, we're going to try and keep trying, but it, it felt like whatever Ohio state wanted to do, they could, essentially do it with relative ease yeah was it mike tyson who said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth exactly yeah they got punched in the mouth real (laughs) early (laughs) if that's that's exactly what it felt like and it just felt it was it was tough to watch because you know we're gonna critique wisconsin football quite a bit here the the players themselves you know they're practicing hard you know that they're working hard they want to win this game they want to perform yada 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 it's not a knock on the, the players themselves as individuals it's just collectively it wasn't up to that level of Ohio state. And most teams won't play up to that level. There'll be maybe, I think, and you look at at the rest of their schedule for the Buckeyes, Penn state will probably give them a game and then you'll have Michigan give them a game. But aside from that, yeah, I I don't think Michigan state's going to give them a game that that team's already falling apart. So this Ohio state offense is going to make a lot of defenses look silly, but you expect that I expected Wisconsin to, rise a little bit more to the occasion, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And, and it just did not quite happen for them. And for what I saw last night, I don't even think Penn state and Michigan really yeah, have a chance to gonna, slow that if down, they play slow like them that, down either. Yeah. If they play like that, I, I don't know if you'll see anybody stop them, whether it be in the, in the college football playoff with, with maybe Georgia with their defense and, and maybe Alabama when they get some stuff figured out. But if they, if they look as crisp as they did, last night no one's beating that Ohio State team because even on the defensive side of the ball for Ohio State they came out and and granted Wisconsin was down you know down Jack Nelson on the offensive line down Riley Ballman on the offensive line even if those two played I don't do you think that would have mattered because I thought that defense for Ohio State they've been critiqued a little bit in the secondary you thought Wisconsin was going to try and take some shots I don't know if they necessarily even really got to that point but it felt like even this Ohio State defense was was kind of pushing the Wisconsin front around and, and making it difficult on the Badger offense. Yeah, and that's kind of what I would – that was one of the bright points that I saw from Wisconsin. They scored 21 points on that defense that was flying around. And here, let me, uh, let me kind of put some silver lining on that turd. Um, <laughs> the John Torchio interception was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there – on the – first touchdown drive that Wisconsin had that pass that got the Badgers into the red zone from Mertz to Skylar Bell. Yep. That was the most impressive throw I've ever seen Graham Mertz throw. That was absolutely phenomenal, that throw. And you wanted to see more of that, but he was almost forced to throw a perfect pass. And that's what he did. And you look at that and you're like, wow. And then Braylon Allen, you know, he fought hard. He wasn't, I, he wasn't stuffed. He did pretty well. Um, and you know that he broke out that 75 yard run on that touchdown. Um, but I thought he played relatively well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he was probably, when you talk about it, the lone sort of bright spot of the offense, you know, 7.2 average um, in terms of yards per carry on 23 carries 165 yards. Like you said, 75 of that was that long run, but I think, he was in the lone bright, and again, it feels like we're kind of grasping at straws <laughs> in terms of what was a positive. But to try and build off this game, that's the one area that he looked good. 
if you get the offensive line, you know, you get Nelson back, you get Malman back, maybe you're a, a more competitive team and can run the ball better. But that gap, you know, I don't think you could have an all-star lineup out there and, and that would still be hard for Wisconsin to win that game, you know, with, with the, with the way the offense was moving. So there were lone bright spots. It wasn't all doom and gloom and we'll see how this team responds. But overall this game was, was kind of nightmarish from, from start to finish. And and of course on national TV, it, it makes it feel all that much worse when you, when you see the the blackout of Ohio state and them just doing whatever they wanted on both sides of the ball. It, it, it makes it hurt. But like I said, I, I was not going to let Ohio state hurt me again. So maybe <laughs> everybody else is, is feeling sulky, but I, I think you kind of had to have this one, that feeling in the back of your mind that it was going to get away from them. Yeah. And before we uh, move on to the existential uh, topic of Wisconsin football, I, I'd be interested in hearing your viewpoint on the wildcat because I I've heard, um, I've heard the talking heads all over Twitter, Badger Twitter, talk about how, you know, Paul Chris gets the, the Wildcat a couple decades too late. But I didn't think it was all that ineffective when they ran it. And I think it, it would help. It helped that, you know, Braylon Allen did throw that pass. There has to be that threat of a pass for a Wildcat to be any, have any success at all. So I'd be interested to see, hear what you had to think about it. Yeah, I think I can see where people are coming from. You know, I tweeted out when when the first time they ran it, I was like, oh, it's good to see kind of jokingly that, oh, it's good to see Wisconsin, you know, discover the Wildcat um, in 2022. That said, I do think it it did look like it was working and it was throwing something different at Ohio State. You knew kind of coming into this game that they likely had some sort of wrinkle that they were going to bust out for this game that they hadn't busted out quite yet. I think that was it in terms of wrinkle in terms of modern offense. I can see why it's like, okay, Wisconsin, this was the big new unveiling of the offense was the wildcat. So I get the jokes and everything like that, but I think Braylon Allen did run it well, and it is something they can use. Is it the only wrinkle I want to see from this offense? Absolutely not. But you have to give credit as, as you can make jokes about it, but I do think it was a wrinkle of the offense that, kind of gave you a little bit of a spark when you're talking about, you know, it's not something I expect Wisconsin to be able to use consistently or rely on, but when it worked, it, it, it did give you a little bit of help. So I, I can see the jokes, but I, if it's effective, Hey, you know, it, it's worth trying, especially when you're trying to find something that will work um, against this Ohio state defense. Yeah. And I wonder if it was just a way to get two of your, you know, backs on the field at mm-hmm. the same time, have both your, two backs being a threat to run the ball and, you know, maybe even tossing a throw in there. Cause even when Tanner McAvoy was running it, he never <laughs> threw the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, that, that's my biggest critique of the wildcat is that you, there's never really a threat to throw the ball. So you could just stack the box, but you know, Allen threw the ball once and that kind of throw that kind of brings it to another level. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly something uh, it, it's, it feels gimmicky at times, but if you can work it effectively, gimmicks are, are are allowed just like any other plays in college football so it's it'll be interesting to see how much they pull that out and how much they rely on it going into now you're, you're going to get into big 10 west play and and see where this team moves forward but the transition because i know we, you and i both probably have some thoughts about where this program's at the direction they need to go i think last night's game was just kind of further evidence to the fact that Wisconsin is not the same as what it was a, a few years ago. I know you could look back to 2019. Yes, they went to a Rose Bowl and that was all great and dandy, but frankly, they lost that Rose Bowl game. 
that was a year, you know, that four losses. Penn State could have easily been taken to that Rose Bowl. Wisconsin ended up finished ranked ahead of them, so they got to go. It's kind of, I don't want to say gimmicky. It's always great to go to the Rose Bowl, but it very well could have gone the other way. And then you're talking about this team the last few years, really since that 20, was that 2017, the undefeated season where they lost Ohio State? Since then, if it's felt like it just kind of kept, keeps backsliding to a program that's not anywhere close to these blue blood programs. And I think for last night, it, it felt like further evidence of that, that this gap, which w- at one time years ago felt closer and maybe it wasn't actually close. Maybe it was something that we just all thought because we played within six points of Ohio state in that big 10 title game, but it feels like it's wider than ever before at this point sitting here today, um, you know, September 25th, 2022, I don't know the last time the gap feels like it's been as wide as it is right now. Yeah. And I, I want to preface this by saying I I've always felt uncomfortable calling for somebody's job because it's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but it does seem like there needs to be a change and I don't know. I hope I want it to be with Chris cause I like Chris as a coach and I, and I want it to be with him. And I'm, I wonder if he has the capability to make that change. And mm-hmm. I don't know what <laughs> there's going to be a lot of change talk in this. And I don't even know what the change would be. It's not like we can just snap our fingers and get a top 25 recruiting cycle. You know, it's really hard to get. And Wisconsin has done it once or twice in the past 300 years. So it's going to, I, I don't even know where to go. Maybe it's, just the just the offensive production maybe i i don't know i don't know where to go with that um but something needs to change and every time a fan base is calling for um a coach to be fired you you could have for every one clemson that does it right there are five nebraskas oh absolutely yeah that you're you're falling into a deep hole so there is absolutely a risk involved and don't, I think we should feel grateful for what Paul Christ has done eight and four, nine and three seasons. A lot of programs would be happy with that. If you're not happy, if we're not happy with that as a program, I can't argue with that, but I think it's, it would be really important for us to understand the risks that go involved that would involve making a change. Yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting conversation when you look at it. It, it feels like there's almost two different segments of, of college football right now. There's, there's the X's and O's and there's the play calling and the defense and the offense and getting the team ready. I think there's certainly a, a good amount of players that on this team likely have bought into that and, and think that they can have success at Wisconsin doing that. But I think there's another side of, of college football now that's just kind of new and it's that recruiting side the nil deals the the flashiness that you have to have almost now with the football program that's not paul christ he's he's not a flashy guy very nice guy i think kind of quiet and reserved to the media but there has been times where i've heard stories where he's very personal or chatty so maybe on that recruiting side that we don't see he's better at it but i think that's a whole different segment where to me Kind of similar to like, I think to, this is going to be a weird comparison, but like Coach K at Duke for basketball, it felt like he kind of retired because the game of college basketball had changed. You had all this recruiting, 
NIL, all the stuff you had to deal with other than coaching basketball. And it feels like the game kind of maybe passed him by a little bit in that side. I kind of get that same feel with Paul Christ where he likes to be a guy that almost wants to just coach football. And I don't know on the recruiting side, if, if it's almost sort of surpassed him and that needs to be the bigger change, there certainly needs to be change. You know, the offense needs to be better. I don't think the play calling in the scheme has been all that great these first four weeks, but it almost feels like a bigger conversation where if you're going to close that gap, those recruiting and inroad type of things need to be made. And, and thus far, it feels like it's almost gone the opposite way where that gap is, like I said, getting bigger. And that recruiting part is a, a huge reason why. Yeah. And, and where the, uh, where my line lies is a couple alarming things happened um, this season with the, uh, well, the regret of the fourth and three call that was, mm-hmm. that screamed alarm bells to me. And then the declining of the punt or the declining of the penalty on a, 30 some yard punt that left Ohio state in deep into Wisconsin territory. That was alarming. And you, in the grand scheme of things, it really didn't matter either way. Um, But I don't like feeling like I'm making better decisions than a big 10 head coach. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, it it does. It makes a ton of sense. And I think that's where you sit there and, and feel almost frustrated because it's, a situation where you're, you're you're screaming at the TV a little bit, you know, the, the fourth down calls, the the punt. I think yesterday, another one, yeah, that punt in Ohio State territory, or almost in Ohio State territory, down 21. You just sit there and go, man, are we are are we really in a spot where we can afford to punt that ball away? No. And it, it did it feel like almost a give up punt, like, hey, this game's over. I don't believe in in that we can kind of move forward from here and come back in this game. Yeah. And I think that stands out to players. So I I can totally see where you're coming from that in in these sort of situations that it needs to be better and that we shouldn't as a collective fan base having to be yelling at the TV. And you're certainly going to yell about odds and ends things and scratch your head about coaching decision makings throughout the course of their career. But it feels like they're starting to add up even more now with Paul Chris. So it's it's an interesting conversation. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do uh, as they move forward here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In terms of this offense and and how we're going to approach Wisconsin moving forward, I think that's a really fascinating conversation because you look at it, I don't 
I think you brought up a good point with Nebraska. Like there is risk to moving on from a coach. And and it's I know there's people out there will say, you know, Wisconsin in the 80s, they won four games in five years, and we should be happy with where we're at. I think you can make a fair argument for that. There's plenty of programs that would take eight, nine win seasons collectively every single season and, and being competitive in there. I think for Wisconsin, that's almost settling in a way. You know, I think this maybe maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm um, expecting Wisconsin to be more than it is, but I, I do think this is a program that if things get going right, it could be a a top ten team consistently. I do think it could be a team that eventually pushes for Big Ten titles. Right now, does it feel like that? No, but I do think settling for eight nine wins is maybe a little bit lower i mean you talk about madison it's such a great town it's a top college town they advertise that all the time and in, in their marketing so it feels like eight nine wins and having that be the ceiling is kind of settling but i can understand it from both ways so is is the coaching change the right thing to do i i think it's starting to trend even closer to that how they go about it i don't know i don't see wisconsin necessarily When's the last, I mean, I, I can't think back to the last time Wisconsin would have fired a coach. I don't see it being that way. Is it a, hey, you know, the game feels like it's past Paul Chris by, do we give him a different role type of thing? I don't know. It's going to be fascinating, but I, I do agree with you that there needs to be a change. Is there risk involved in change? Absolutely. But is there possible re- reward in change? Absolutely. It's, it's kind of, you're jumping into the unknown at that point. Yeah, and you're you're talking about the uh, the Gary Anderson mutual yeah, yeah. <laughs> separation type thing, and I could see Chris going for that because I I could see him just yeah I I don't remember if I spoke about this with you or not, but what I see with how Paul Christ will eventually leave Wisconsin if he if it goes his way, just after the bowl game he'll just be like okay this next year final year. He'll tell his team, he'll tell McIntosh, you know, the athletic, whoever needs to know, he'll tell. He won't tell the media. He doesn't want that spotlight. Probably Jim Leonard, I'm guessing, is the head coach in waiting. That's just assuming, I suppose. And they'll go from there. And that's how I expect it to go, if that makes sense. And that's kind of what you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, I I think that's likely the scenario in that – this gets to because I don't see you know, maybe maybe Chris McIntosh is is a little bit you know more skeptical and maybe he says that a change needs to happen sooner but I don't see Wisconsin you know looking at Paul Chris and saying you know what we've got to we've got to cut the hammer down we've got to fire you and let you go I think if they can work out a situation and who knows these converse could these conversations have already been talked about behind closed doors it's certainly possible I mean you look at Jim Leonard he's been very patient he's not taking other jobs that were maybe were higher profile jobs, maybe for that reason, maybe he knows something and is, is willing to wait. I don't know, but it, it does feel like it's, that could be the scenario that it makes it look good for all parties. Because as you mentioned, you should be grateful for what Paul Christ did for this program. They, he took over at a time where things were kind of feeling a little in flux at that point as well. You know, Gary Anderson was coming in, and, and kind of the offense was changing. They were moving to a different sort of offense. Gary Anderson you know, clearly didn't work out at Wisconsin and it didn't work out for future stops. So he came in and kind of restabilized the program a little bit there, but now you're moving into the, the future and it's kind of now it's starting to trend backwards. So 
how you figure out how to sever that tie in a proper way is is interesting, but it does feel like it's getting to the point where that likely needs to happen and and could be maybe Paul Chris was thinking, you know, next year is going to be my last year. Maybe now it feels like if this year doesn't go the way he wants to go, maybe it's this year. It's 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 a odd conversation, but I don't see a situation where Wisconsin and Chris McIntosh just all of a sudden go and and, and put the hammer down and and cut this as an official firing. Um, I think it's more of a transition into something else, maybe giving you a little elbow to a different position as you move forward. And and maybe this is a little off topic, but I I would love to see turnover chain my F word A. Yes. Paul Chris out there. And it seemed like, and especially with that declining of the penalty on the punt, it seemed like he just wanted to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And it, that's, it looked, it, it looked like to me, I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but what it looked like to me was he was giving up and he wanted to just get out of there. And I, I want that fire. I want the 77 points on Indiana. I want going for two against Minnesota to make it 29 points, you know, cause it was on the card. I want that kind of head coach where there's an edge to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want a douchebag coach, but I, I want somebody to have a fire to him. It looked like Ryan day had that, yep. you know, there, there is a, there's a balance there, of course, but I don't want to feel like my coach or Wisconsin's coach has just wanted to get out of there. Yeah. And I think, I think the players, you likely see that as well. I, I would think of as a player in that situation, I would feel like my coach doesn't have the confidence in me at this point of the game. My coach feels like this is over. This is done with, you know, let's, let's keep the clock moving. Let's get out of here. Let's get back. Let's get on the flight, get back to Madison and regroup versus I, I, I agree with you. I want a coach that, and and maybe he is confidence player. Maybe it's different behind the scenes, but that's what it looked like to me. And I would think as a player and as a recruit, you see that almost waving of the white flag that likely puts a sour taste in your mouth. And in this new era of college football, putting a sour taste in a kid's mouth can, and, and the way that you can jump to a new school pretty quickly, you can't necessarily afford that. Again, it's just a different era of college football than what it was when Paul Chris, you know, started as a head coach. So, I, I agree with you. I want that fieriness. I thought on the sideline, Ryan Day looked almost frothing at the mouth. And it, with that all black look, he looked almost <laughs> evil in a way. But that's what you want in your head coach because it instills confidence as a player and as a fan. You know, it, it doesn't feel like he's got that edge to go out there and and be that aggressive coach and, and be aggressive in the, in the recruiting circuit as well. I, I think the blandness can kind of hurt you in that way and it's not to say he's not a nice guy and that he has great relationships with the players i'm sure he does and i'm sure he is but i think you've got you still need more um than than just that in this era of college football yeah and i mean if you want to look on the bright side this season isn't over if you if we come back in a couple months on bucky's fifth quarter episode 390 i don't know where we're at but (laughs) in, in a couple months and saying you know, Wisconsin just finished off a 10 and two season and they're going to the big 10 championship game to get bounced by Ohio state. That's not out of the realm of possibility. There is, there is a path to write the ship. I could see them writing the ship and just running through the rest of the big 10 and going to the big 10 championship game. But there, there needs to be a fire in them. 
Yeah, and, and we saw that e- even last year. You know, last year when they, they got off to the bad start and then they got on the run, they didn't, you know, didn't quite finish it at the end of the season to get to the Big Ten title game, but there there was a little bit of fire in that team bounce back. So I think now with the expectations of the fan base and everyone tempered a little bit more that the rest of this season is is a show me kind of situation where you know you're two and two. You've got a very winnable Big Ten West division. Now, Minnesota has looked great, and, and at this point, they look like the favorites in the division. But there's a situation where Wisconsin can, you know, beat they beat Minnesota however many times in the last two decades. That shouldn't scare you. But the way they're playing, it feels like there's almost a gap getting to start there. But they've got the opportunity to prove it and, and be more aggressive and win those games. And if they make a run through the Big Ten West and do that, maybe revisit this conversation and say, okay, rather than the drastic big change of, you know, pushing a pushing a coach to a new position out the door. Maybe we try and retinker some things again like they did this offseason and and move forward. But I think at this point right now, the line seems that it needs to be drawn in the sand that say, hey, 2022, you guys kind of have you kind of have the situation where you get to determine your future as as a coaching staff where if you win the games and you get to you know, that Big Ten, you know, you can get to a Big Ten title game and win a division, you know, all of a sudden this conversation can change. But I, I think you have to have the situation where from week four going forward, you're needing to reestablish something or the change needs to come about depending on the result. I, I completely agree. And that's going to be the the fascinating thing. I mean, who knows? Maybe Wisconsin comes out and and rebounds and, and whoops up on Brett Bielema in Illinois and you feel better and then they build that into – the rest of the West, but, you know, again, is, is winning the big 10 West and then going and get blowing out, you know, getting blown out by Ohio state or Michigan enough for me personally, I'd like to see more for some fans. Maybe that is enough, but eventually I think that that's got to get old and you want to, you know, elevate to a bigger thing. And if you don't think Paul Christ can be that guy to get you there, maybe you run that risk and, and, and make that change to try and get to that reward. Yeah, and if if we're looking forward to the Big Ten championship, if it's against Ohio State, I don't care how well Wisconsin plays, they're they're not beating Ohio State. <laughs> no, but I I want to see them keep it closer, a thirty-one twenty-one type game, and I'd I'd be happy going into next year, absolutely, especially yeah. with especially with next year being the quote the year for this program, from what we've been hearing, that that would be a big. Um, foot that would be a big step going into next year yeah yeah I, I think at this point you know the 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 if if and then the Washington State loss is still one that that kind of makes it more urgent where you shouldn't lose that if you just have, if you would be three and one and just to have lost Ohio State maybe you'd feel a little bit better but that Washington State loss was was indicative of other things as well so now it does feel like that line in the sand has to be there and we'll see you going forward if you go out and you win the Big Ten West with this team, which clearly has flaws, you've got a lot of new starters. You've got younger guys on the defense. If you can put that together and still get to Indianapolis and you get blown out, maybe you feel better about the program, but it needs to start right now. And I think that sense of urgency will be there for the team. I do think they'll come out next week and and play better against Illinois. I think Ohio State just really whooped up on them and, and they've got to just take that and learn from it. But now we're at a situation where it's two and two. You've got the rest of this year to try and prove something. And if you don't prove it, that's when you maybe need to make some some tinkerings and adjustments, whether they be small or whether they be big. But 
they've tried small adjustments and so far we haven't seen the results, but there's still time for them to kind of prove it. And and we'll see how that goes the rest of this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it, it's, it's not so much certain aspects by themselves. It's a cumulative cumulative effect of it from this year. Yeah. And I think, Part of that is its results on the field, and part of that is what you're going to sign in terms of a, a future recru- recruiting class as well. I mean, the recruiting numbers aren't great for this upcoming season either. So if you're not recruiting well, you're not winning games on the field, then you know that change needs to to come about. So I think these next you know eight nine weeks, you know you're four weeks in, you'll have a bye week in there, but now is when it really starts to see you know where this team is going to go and where this program is going to go because I think at this point the fan base is saying okay, I've seen enough. It's time to start proving it. And if you're not going to prove it, let's, let's make some changes, whether it's wholesale or, or, or small changes, but it feels like they're trending more towards needing a, a more drastic change. um, If things don't turn around. Yeah. And it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, where this team goes in the next couple months. And yeah, certainly keep, (laughs) keep with us. We'll, uh, we'll ride along with you on this bandwagon, wherever it goes. Absolutely. Whether it's yeah. on all four wheels or you know, <laughs> one gets lost along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be the the interesting part, and and maybe it's something that this program kind of needs. Maybe you need to see that that prove it to me aspect uh, of them as you move forward here, and, and it might make them kind of you know prove it to the fan base that they are better than what they've looked over the course of these four you know first four weeks. So it'll it'll be fascinating. This this podcast isn't going anywhere, and maybe. After these next eight weeks, we'll revisit this conversation depending on the results. But it's it's certainly a conversation that is happening among a lot of different people in terms of what needs to happen with this football program as we move forward. All right, Adam, that probably wraps up everything that we needed to talk about for this Ohio State game. Hopefully Do you feel this- better? I feel better. It was a, <laughs> it was a cathartic release for sure. <laughs> uh, me too. I, yes. it, it's been a rough twelve hours. It is. It is. And as we're uh, we're finishing up recording this on. On Sunday, so the Packers will be off uh, here in just a little bit, and I think everyone in Wisconsin that's a Badger and Packer fan likely uh, needs this Packer game <laughs> a little bit more. So hopefully, Please, yeah, hopefully the the cleansing of the Badger game is done with, and we can uh, get a Packers win and and salvage something from this weekend. Because if not, it might be a spiral mode for a lot of people out there. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Exactly. All right, Adam. Well, good chatting with you. Thanks again for joining us. I'm I'm sure you'll be back here soon for future episodes. Badger fans, just a heads up for the second episode later this week. I am going to be traveling for work some, so it might be a little different in terms of an Illinois preview um, for our second episode, but we'll likely still have something out. What day? um, I'm not quite sure yet right now, but we'll still get some sort of Illinois preview up for that contest is the Badgers return home uh, to face Brett Bielema and to try to get some things back on track. As always, thank you for listening on Wisconsin.